0: Friends, welcome to another fun-filled episode of Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church. What did I say? A Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, or as Linda Loves to say bright and early in the morning like it is right now.
1: The show that helps you grow.
0: That's right. I'm Jason. This is Linda. Hey, guys. This is a spiritual growth podcast. And friends, this is a podcast that is a part of the Saddleback Church family of podcasts. So I've you, we mentioned this before. We'll mention it again. If you haven't gone and checked out some of the other podcasts produced by Saddleback Church, The Well Found lead with worship, other good things yet to be announced and named. There, um, make sure you do so, friends. And uh, guys, what are we talking about today? We are going to be talking about church history. Don't don't turn it off. <laughs> don't touch the button. I know, church history, it sounds like eh, maybe a bit of a snooze fest. It's not. it's not. And I'll tell you why, especially why, because we have our friend Brandon Bathauer with us. Uh, Brandon, you are a professional pastor. Would you call yourself an amateur church historian or a professional wow. church historian? Wow. That, that is, I don't know if I'm a professional pastor,
2: so I, let's just start. Well, this. you are paid to pastor. So <laughs> okay, that, that is, is literally true. the definition. No of one a has paid me to do church history, <laughs> so.
0: but you have a love for church history. I do. When we talked about wanting to do a podcast about kind of like this, like why study church history? Why should we care about this stuff? Right. Uh, Brandon said, um, I, I really like church history. I'd love to have be a part of this conversation. We said, yes, yes. obviously you should be a part of this conversation. So we're going to uh, pelter Brandon today with questions about basically why should you care about uh, what's happened in the past so long ago? Um, so let let's kind of get to some kind of core stuff today, Brandon. Great. Sounds why, good. Why? You have I pa- I shouldn't say why are you passionate about church history. You have a passion for church history. When in your in your educational life did you get the sense of like this is something that I actually kind of care about? Yeah. So I've I've always enjoyed history in general. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: I I grew up reading uh, like Knights of the Round Table, which isn't history, but it was like <laughs> you know
0: fictional history, and that was always really fun. All those historical counts of. You know all these of the Excalibur, Lancelot. Yeah, you get, and then you get the wizard side of it all. Exactly, you
2: know. definitely good, good history there. <laughs> um, so anyway, I was always intrigued by that. You know, we we built Lego castles and stuff, so that was cool. for For me, anything that had to do with Jesus with God, it felt like it was in this little fantasy world, kind of like the Knights of the Round Table. Actually, Mm. I'm just putting this together now. Anyway, some little fantasy world that uh, was separated from the real world. So I really enjoyed learning about ancient Egypt and Mesopotamia and all that stuff. Um, I had a few really good teachers in elementary school. All that to say, uh, I remember I was about 10 years old and I visited my aunt's church. Um, She was at a church out of town. And so we visited and the pastor started talking about this guy named Constantine. And mm. I'd been around the Bible long enough to be like, that that guy's name is not in the Bible. What are we doing here? <laughs> and oh man, as a 10 year old, I remember being like on the edge of my seat. They were talking about like wars and the battle to be the emperor and like what, what decisions did Constantine have to make? And suddenly like my whole My whole brain just kind of exploded because I realized, oh, this is real history here. You know, and I, you know, I grew up in the church thinking, yeah, of course it's real history. Like, I'm sure Jesus actually existed at some time, but somehow that bridge just like connected all the pieces for me. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, these were real people in real times. (laughs) And when I study history in school, that actually has to do with like, this story that Jesus is telling, the story that God is telling throughout all of history, that is embedded in in what we are doing as humans. So, anyway, I ended up studying church history in college, did a bit of an emphasis uh, with it in my um, in my seminary work, and I just I thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it. And I know I'm such a geek, as you guys know. I am
0: I am <laughs> but such. We a geek.
1: appreciate that because. <laughs> This is not my strength,
0: <laughs> but like we wanted to extrapolate this geekdom, yes, for this purpose of this podcast. I so like that. Perfect. Let's let's catch it in a bottle wherever we can.
2: <laughs> but like, think about it. History is the canvas where God paints his his actions and his love and his movement in the world. Right? You can see that. Yeah. With the canvas of history, so mm-hmm. looking back at that, you can learn so much about God, about about people, you can see through the work of their hands, and you can see that all in the in the kind of canvas of history. So it opens my eyes to where we're going in the future. It gives me a sense of where we are now. Um, I think of it like this. Uh, if you've watched any of the gallery things for Mandalorian or hmm. uh, Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the behind-the-scenes making of. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. You know when you watch that and suddenly it brings so much more context to that that thing that you've just watched, that movie or that show that you really enjoyed, it feels like church history is that. Like it's all the behind the scenes. You got the, the the stories of the Bible, but when you start putting all the history stuff around it, mm-hmm. oh man, you start noticing things that you hadn't noticed before, and it starts to bring to light certain things that you hadn't seen. So anyway,
3: I just saw this funny
0: me. post today. Um, it was a behind the scenes of the Matrix. Oh, and so you had this green screen, you have. Neo and Trinity standing there and then these two people in full green leotards behind them and they're holding boards (sighs) and Neo and Trinity are just leaning back on these boards that they're holding and the caption on this post was like I guess I never really wondered how they did the bullet time stuff but I didn't picture this (laughs) you know (laughs) just just another example of of what behind this of the context of behind the scenes it helps you see it a lot clearer exactly
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've been having a similar, so I'm in a seminary class, Old Testament, and even just the history around, like, where the Old Testament occurred, and then the fact that there were actual people groups, and, you know, when they list all the Hittites, the Jebusites, Mm. those are actual groups of people that had contributions to culture and history, Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, like, I always kind of had the Bible in a bubble, kind of like what you were saying, it's like, oh, it just kind of existed, and I knew the stories but then, when you put it in the context of like, oh no, there was a whole ancient Near East, and there's all this <laughs> stuff, and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, and yeah, it, it exactly puts puts the people of Israel in this larger landscape, yeah. And suddenly, you can see how it contrasts. I mean, part of the beauty of Genesis one and two is when you contrast it with other creation narratives. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so cool, and this is this is what happens when we study history. You know, you look at. What happened between the Old Testament and New Testament writing? So, uh, the, the books of Maccabees, and you mm-hmm. think you read about the Maccabean revolt, it changes how you see Jesus interacting with the Pharisees mm-hmm. in ways you'd never think of before. And then you look at Paul, and I don't know about you, but I finished the Bible and I'm like, so then what then, happens? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got revelation. Okay, so we got something that comes at the very end, but like, what what happened? You know, what what happened to Paul? You end the book of Acts and it's like and he was there <laughs> teaching. We don't know. What what happened? And that's where, you know, the study of the story of the church can kind of be, begin.
1: Yeah. I've been listening to a podcast and, and the sort of the setup of it of it is like what happened from the Apostle Paul to Billy Graham? Mm
3: -hmm. Most
1: of us don't know. (laughs) You know, we get to the end of Acts, then it's like, oh, and then there was this evangelist named Billy Graham, but everything in the middle, we just don't (laughs) know. We have no—
0: The church paused
1: for thousands of years until
0: Billy Graham came. And
1: then he came, and it was like, oh, there's church
0: again.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, when we talk between the Old Testament and New Testament, they talk about the season of silence. Yeah. Right. And it's like, yeah, God wasn't inspiring books of the Bible to be written. But it definitely was not silent. Yeah, God man. wasn't there. on vacation. Right. Yeah. A lot was
0: happening he at He didn't that put time. up a closed for the summer sign. He wasn't taking <laughs> his, his August month, you oh. know, his yeah. long siesta kind of thing. No.
1: Yep. For God to go fishing, that'd be a short trip. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. And on we go. So kind of studying church history, it's interesting. It's a fun academic pursuit, but how would you say it has impacted your relationship with Jesus? Because everything we do, right, is not just to do it, but we're trying to grow in our relationship with him. Everything, you know, we're discipleship pastors and ministers. Like, that's what we do. So how has studying church history actually impacted or changed your relationship with Jesus?
2: I so appreciate that question because a lot of times, some of these what have historically been kind of um, academic pursuits almost always are looked at with this eye of like, but you can't apply that and right. there's no, what, what's the point? Enjoy your head, head knowledge. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Classic.
1: Knowledge puffs up. You know? <laughs> but man,
2: uh, I'll tell you just a few that come off the top of my head. Um I think it's drawn me closer to focusing more precisely on Jesus. Mm. When you study our history as the church, you know, after, after Paul, after the book of Acts, essentially, and everything that came after, I think what what you often see is this gravitational pull towards making the organizational or strategic approach to church the most important thing. Mm. Um, And you see the massive challenges and um, difficulties that come from that. And then you look through church history and you see where revival and refreshing comes. And it's when a people group has said, Gosh, we need to just be focused on Jesus again. We are getting so caught up with our ecclesiologies and what are the systems of the church and the, all the, and it's like no, we need to we need to go to Jesus yeah. and we need to be his followers. And whenever you see that happening in our history as as the people of God, uh, you see refreshing and revival and lots of questions and lots of wrestling. And so what that's done for me is it's just been a constant reminder to me as a pastor in a church that is teaching systems of church and all that stuff to to just make sure that I'm constantly coming back to him and realizing, what is the why behind all of this? We can get so focused on the how and that's important, but what, why am I doing all of this? And so um, I think that's one major piece of how kind of studying the story of the church has, has brought me closer to him. Um, and then secondly, like we have a, kind of a difficult and rocky story as, as the church, Uh, just like Israel did. You know, Mm -hmm. we, we are a messy people with a lot of uh, (laughs) bad decisions. No idea what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And so for me, like when I look back to my ancestors, you know, the, the family of God that I'm a part of, I I realize how much I need Jesus. And so my Mm -hmm. prayers and my Requests to him have become much more, Lord, I need you every day. I yeah. need you, um, than, than they had
0: been. Um, I think it's interesting to like, we like to read a lot of uh, biographies of important people or autobiographies or whatnot, and just you know, learn kind of why a person did this, how they did, you know, whatever it was. There's no like biography of God. <laughs> But the closest thing that you can kind of get is church history, is going mm-hmm. back and seeing the work that God did and seeing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and trying to pull out the whys, the how, all that stuff. Yep. And so that's just a, it's, if we think about it that way almost too, it's just another driver of like, oh yeah, I kind of should, like, I love God. <laughs> I want to know as much about Him as I can go as mm-hmm. close as I can. And one way I can do that is see. What he's done through all of human history. (laughs) Yes. Well, think about it in your own life. So in your own life,
2: one of the great ways to get a sense of God's character, of course, is to go to scripture, which is what? The story of God with the people of Israel, which is a great place to see his character. Uh, Another way is to look at your own life, your own life experience. How has God interacted with me personally? Mm. And what does that teach me about his character? I mean, what it's taught me when I look at my own life history— is God's patience, for goodness' mm. sakes, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, His playfulness in so many ways, and so you know, from, just as an exercise, like think about that. Think for a moment. How does your own uh, your own story, your own history, teach you about God's character? And if you dig into that, you'll realize, oh my gosh, there's so much here. Well, then expand that to all people who followed Jesus for the last 2,000 years. What can we learn about God's character through that?
0: It helps to remind yourself that you are a part of church history.
2: That too, exactly. Right. Yeah, this is our story that we're a part of here in, yeah. in church history. When we study the story of the church, we're studying the story you. of us. Yeah. exactly.
1: Wow. will mm-hmm. <laughs> just let that sit for a minute. Um, so what would you say has been your greatest discovery? Like the thing that you went like I never would have thought of that or I you know as you study because I know for me like I had this moment and now looking back it's like well I should have figured that out but when I realized that Jesus was the literal fulfillment of so much of the Old Testament it was just you know like that history
0: yeah
1: and real like when I put those two together and that was at a retreat that Kay did on the tabernacle but I just remember that moment of sitting there and like all of a sudden all these pieces and it literally changed everything about how I saw Jesus was understanding the history just in the Old Testament. So for you, as you've studied so much more history than even that, what has been the thing that you were like, or has there been a discovery that kind of was like caught you off guard or surprised you?
3: Hmm.
2: All right, I've got, I've got two. Cool. Um, the first one that comes to mind is just the... The realization that the things we think are the essentials to Mm. church and to the Christian life. When you look through church history, you realize how much the people in those times were like, no, this is the way to do church. This is what the Christian life looks like. And if you change this,
0: everything will fall apart. And, <laughs> and <it> didn't <laughs> I, 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 Sorry, I I was gonna say this is what mission looks like. Right, yeah. exactly. Conquering. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's right.
2: Um yeah, how can we just forcibly baptize as many people exactly. as we can? Uh you know, or you think these church systems and structures, what a what a service looks like, mm-hmm. what a church building looks like. All of these for hundreds of years for the people that were alive during those times were like this is the essential. This is the big in your face. How could you do anything but this? Mm. You know, I'm, I'm thinking back to uh, the basilica, um, the basilicas that were in in the early church um, as Constantine came to power. And what they were were, they were a reflection of the big Roman meeting spaces. Mm-hmm. And that was what was made into the church. And then that changed into these cathedrals, which had a lot of theology behind it of, well, way up there in what the high do? parts of the cathedral right, right. is heaven, and here we are on earth. But the way we can reach the heavens is by offering our prayers and our praises. And there they echo up there in a place we can't get. So so many cool things, right? And now we meet in buildings that are supposed to reflect Kind of community spaces that where people meet and live and do their work. So it's so interesting that the essentials, I've learned how to be way more open-handed with those. Mm. That you got to do a weekend service this way, this way, and this way. It's like, uh, no, actually, when we look at our history, you don't. And the things that, if you look back 40 years from today. Sure. Just think about a weekend service. Like, what did you have then? You had um, dramas. Hello. Do you remember dramas? Oh, sure. Oh, yes. Was, those were like the staple. You well, had to have a drama. Like, that's out. We're not doing yeah. that. Well, apparently. and it wasn't a
1: weekend service. It was Sunday morning. Right. Or Sunday night, or actually, and Sunday night. Right. And Wednesday night.
2: Right. And so, <laughs> exactly. And so, just think 40, 40 years ago. Right. What are the things right now that you're like, no, this is how a weekend service must be. Uh 40 years from now, things are going to look so different. But I'll tell you what has been consistent through church history. It helps you see what things actually are the important things that are often overlooked. What things are the big in-your-face things that you actually should be more open-handed with. So, like, caring and loving the people that live nearby you. That's kind of been a thing all the way through. Eating with other Christians. That's a thing. This is what church actually has consistently been. Mm -hmm. And those small things, I think, are actually the big things. Yeah. And uh, so well, helped it's help reverse that It's the for
0: cross-cultural me. things, too, because, you know, as we think about the normal church service and we think about a westernized version of a normal church service. Absolutely. But, of course, we can all acknowledge that that looks different in any other culture. Different cultures have their own versions of what church looks like. But those basic things, those f- fundamentals mm-hmm. of caring for another, being with each other, eating e- eating w- with each other, serving one another, um, w- worship, praise, that kind of stuff, that mm-hmm. is a cross-cultural. Yeah, exactly. sitting
2: down together to study the letters of Paul and yeah. the Gospels, like these are... Of course, Peter and Jude. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. Only only Paul. (laughs) This is what it's been, right? People gathering in homes to do this, and um, so that's been freeing for me, especially Mm. as a pastor in a church. Yeah. um, To ask myself, man, am I am I chasing after Jesus, and then am I holding on to, um, am I holding on to the essentials that actually are often the overlooked pieces? Mm. Um, The second thing I think that it, it brought to mind is. I've learned that uh, theological orthodoxy, like standing up for what the Bible actually has to say, is never just set. I think we can fall into this pattern of thought where we're like, well, everybody knows what the truth is, so we can just focus on other things. We don't need to wrestle afresh afresh with Scripture. We can just kind of take what was handed down to us from a previous generation and just do what they did. (laughs) And I think what you see in church history is Anytime a generation has simply just taken what was handed down to them only and not wrestled with it themselves, the church slowly starts to wander and start Mm. getting lost.
0: Well, yeah, it's interesting how church history can often be broken up by the different councils, and that's just Mm. an example of showing that. Obviously they've realized at some points down the line, hey, we need to go back and actually, like, set these yes. things, establish some sort of orthodoxy again. Right. And so that's, like, is, is you can literally kind of track church history through these different councils. And that's just an example of showing, that we they probably should have done more of those. Yeah. <laughs> you know, spend a little bit more time caring about this stuff, and, right. and then you wouldn't be able to mark history by these things. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. It's like
1: every time the church goes, oh, we should revisit that. Yeah. And we have a council.
0: <laughs> yep. And and
2: that's what it is. It's a coming back. It's an aligning again mm. to to the one who, um, who's reconciling all things. Right. We like we need to come back to him over and over again. I think about um, Athanasius, who's one of my favorite uh, favorite characters in church history, um, and he was the bishop of um, of Alexandria and. It was interesting because at that time in history, the world was actually moving very much away from orthodoxy. Uh, The emperor and a bunch of the other bishops were going to a place where Jesus was seen as uh, not fully God, that he Mm -hmm. was created Mm -hmm. by God. Mm -hmm. And Athanasius, this little dude in northern Africa, just like fought the world with his pen. And he was just writing and writing and writing about Jesus Yet, yes, all man, but also all God. And this is very important for us to remember. And there were times he kept getting kicked out of his church, got, <laughs> you know, got chased down, almost got killed a whole bunch of times, was pulled before the emperor, and he just stood his ground. And I think if it wasn't for somebody like Athanasius, oh man, where would we be? Where would sure. the church be? And so it's, I, I think there are a lot of Athanasiuses around right now that are keep calling us afresh back to him. Um to to dig into uh, what is true and what is right according to scripture. So
0: I think w- when I think about church history, what always kind of stands out to me is that it's just it's amazing how God has maintained the church, maintained scripture through all this time. Yes, where he ra- where when things are going awry, like what you were saying, um, with people believing that Jesus wasn't fully God, he brings up somebody like an, our bird friend is back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, every time we record in this office, there's a bird that hangs out in this window behind us. It's literally a one-eyed back.
2: crow. It is a crow with one Is it one eye. eye? Yeah, I just saw it. was kind of a
0: piratey type he's thing. He's a little bit scary to me. Anyway. He's very interested. This in is like the maturity. fourth recording we've done with this bird behind <laughs> us. Anyway. Um, anyway. Anytime things start happening like that, God r- will raise up somebody l- like an Athanasius,
2: mm-hmm.
0: or where he'll, he'll establish something, or something will happen where God's like, yeah, I, I, "I want this thing to last a little bit longer." <laughs> so let's re- you know, let's uh, have this guy, or let's you know, make this thing happen. And it's just this prime example of how God uh, he he has been able to maintain. Christianity, as much as it is, you know, through right. all this time, A
2: bun- it's like herding cats all the yeah. time.
0: And when I think about
2: <laughs> God's character of somehow working all things together for good, you see mm-hmm. that very much in yeah. the in the story of the church because you have all of us broken, sinful people trying to do our own thing, and yet He somehow is like, no, 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 uh, I'm going to bring things this way. And okay, I know you guys are all just being about yourselves over here, but I'm going to somehow use that for good. It's, it's absolutely remarkable that 2,000 years later, here we are.
0: Yes. So let's dive into the shameful, awful things okay. a little bit. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> um, <laughs> a There's of, a transition. A, a lot of people, when they think about church history, they think, you know, that they think, oh, all that bad stuff that, that the church used to do to... You know, people crusades essentially crusades yep. inquisitions. Yeah. You know this kind of stuff. Honestly, it, it it's it's sad to think about, but it makes me laugh to think that that the church used to think they could just like throw water on people and say we don't want you to go to hell. Bam, mm-hmm. you know, and that's just it. And we're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so how can we? think about some of these maybe unsavory parts. What are some kind of uh, tips or some encouragements for people who maybe want to dive into church history and you start reading this stuff or you get to these parts and it's like, wow, (laughs) Mm. uh, there's a lot of bad stuff in here. Um, How should we kind of, or how can we encourage people as they're going through this process of diving through that stuff?
2: Yeah, it's not easy. I'm sure for some listeners out there that did like the um, Ancestry.com stuff Mm -hmm. or whatever, you kind of see some of your own history that you're like, ooh, I don't like that that's there, you know. (laughs) You you know, whenever I think about our very rocky and dark history, um, the dark parts of our history, you know, I think about uh, the people of Israel. So what is the story of the Old Testament? It was written by, cared for, studied by the people of Israel. And they wrote their own story. And what was that story? It was a story of their just continual brokenness and need for God. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because what did, that, what did that form in the people of Israel? It formed very humble people who are open-handed, don't take themselves too seriously, um, but a people that are dependent on God. So that that was the people of Israel all the way through because this is their history that they're constantly holding in front of them. Um, and I see the same practice happening in the Gospels where they're writing about themselves as just idiots sometimes, yeah. right? <laughs> just failures and people who are broken and you know the disciples are writing about themselves just being like what did you mean by that jesus (laughs) like uh, it's like (laughs) (laughs) so many things and then paul is saying i'm doing all the things i don't want to do so i think we have a tendency in our culture right now to do basically how can we just like pretend like the bad stuff doesn't happen yeah but in our in our jewish history and then in our church history we have to understand like we must hold on to these things because it reminds us that we aren't the savior and we need one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need God himself to come here and save us. And so um, it does a couple of things for me. For one, when I see these really dark periods, it allows me to say, this is what happens when we go our own way, when we start worshiping ourselves, when we start building these kingdoms that are not about Jesus but they are our own kingdoms um, it's really subversive that way it's really challenging that way um, and then it just is a reminder to me
0: that who we need God yeah so that's a really good a theological kind of uh, approach to it I, you know there's also the kind of the practical approach to it too of like okay let's figure out what did they start to believe? Totally. That led them to this. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And let's, let's make sure that I'm not believing that same thing. <laughs> yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. If you're going back to like the Crusades, the Inquisition, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, even, even if you go back in the Old Testament and read the history books, like you and I are both, what are you doing, bird? <laughs> this bird is trying to get in here to podcast with us. I think we should set up a mic right there. That thing. He, he was just like attacking the window. We're leaving all this in. Um, anyway, uh, Brandon, you and I are both in in Kings right now, I think, as we're going back through. Yeah, I just finished up. Yeah, I, I did too. I literally just finished Second Kings this morning. Nice. Um, anyway, but even that, you see these examples of these different... Every chapter is basically a different king. Mm. And every chapter is literally like, well, this king did what was evil in the Lord's sight. This king did what was good in the Lord's sight, and he tore down all the bad stuff that happened. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, the next king did what was evil in the Lord's sight. And you're literally, you know, you can go back and say, okay, let's try to understand a little bit because, yes, we are broken. We're going to acknowledge our brokenness. Let's try to, you know, learn a little bit about the things that uh, were done and why, and then maybe try to avoid that as much as possible.
1: (laughs) The other thing that strikes me, even as you're talking about this, is that as we learn to both know church history and also have a perspective on it about, yeah, you know what, those were not good things, but we can learn from them, and and God is telling his story even through what happened there. It strikes me that one of the criticisms often leveled at the church, like when, um, when somebody is sort of, you know, we don't like Christians because, well, it's like, look at their history. And I think if you have a yeah. perspective on history that acknowledges some of those things, but you've got you know enough about it, because otherwise you're like, oh uh, well, uh, yeah, um, they weren't us, and that doesn't represent me, and you know you kind of fumble with it. But I think if there's with a little bit of education and perspective, you can engage that conversation and acknowledge, yeah, you know what, that wasn't right, but here's here's where they got off track, and here's you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I just does that make sense? Like I feel like because that's something that people say against the church. And a lot of times, we don't know how to respond. We're just like, yeah, that was really bad.
2: It was people who have wrestled with and studied church history that came up with the ethic that would say, you know what, the Crusades were a bad idea. Yeah, Our Right, bad. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's, it's by Christian standards that we would say, no, that is not how Jesus would, right. would live. Um, and so, I, I think that's a thing we have to realize, is yep. that it's just... Um, uh, there are beautiful bright moments and mm-hmm. deep dark moments and that is what life is.
0: Yeah. 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 In your own life, in my own life, there are beautiful bright moments yep. and deep dark moments. Exactly. So, exactly.
1: Very cool. So if you were to kind of look back over all the things you've studied and learned, are there some patterns and things, and you've alluded to some of this earlier in the conversation, but is there anything that you would say, you know, like this is something that they did And we absolutely need to learn from this lesson so we don't repeat it going forward. Because, you know, there's that old adage, right? If we don't learn from history, we're doomed to repeat it. So is there anything that you would say, yeah, (laughs) you know what? We need to learn this. Like, these are the things we need to take away from church history so we don't go down that same path.
2: Yeah, I think about um, that Mark Twain quote, right, that says, history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes.
1: Oh, that's funny. I like that. I like that. History doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. That's like, again, love that.
0: Sweet. No, it's all right. We just had to put the blinds down so that bird would go away. Our
1: listeners are going to be going. What is going on in that room?
0: This is a fun-filled episode.
1: <laughs> That's what you promised at the outset. That's you right. Have delivered, I did say
2: Jason. that. I appreciate that that bird is bringing just so much enjoyment, and uh,
0: <laughs> I will gladly next time say hi to the bird and then shut the blinds before uh, we that's start recording. Really, that's, that's probably what very we should good. do. Very good. <laughs> okay.
2: So yeah, to, to
1: my fine question, Brandon. <laughs>
2: that's very good. So yeah, again, Mark Twain, right? This great quote: "History doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes." Um, look what the next 40 years is going to look at look like is going to be very different than the 40 years previous, much less the last 400 years. Right. So it's not going to just be the exact same thing, but it's going to rhyme. These, these ways of, um, these 10, these trends that we're talking Mm -hmm, about, these mm -hmm. bright moments, these deep, dark moments, um, we can learn from them. And here's, here's what I've kind of picked up some lessons here. The first one is take God seriously. Mm -hmm. Take God's word seriously, And don't take your man-made systems too seriously and don't take yourself too seriously. So like in church history, it's when we take God seriously. God is at work in this world. He loves us. He's looking and seeing. He's looking for anyone who's going to step into his work and says, here am I, send me. So Mm -hmm. take God seriously. Take God's word seriously. It's when we've gotten fast and loose with God's word that, again, things have gotten very, like, I think again about these dark moments. These are times when uh, scripture was bent into something that we, mm. um, that supported our systems, the mm. people that supported slavery, the, like, the amount that you just bent scripture to make sense of that. Yeah. Um, and man, we got to be more open-handed with our man-made systems. Uh, and we have to be, we can't take ourselves so seriously like we are the saviors of the world um i think another one building for god is not the same as building with god Mm, mm -hmm. that we can sometimes get so caught up in, i'm building this thing for god i'm building this thing for god and we end up with an empire we end up with christendom we end up with these man-made systems Mm -hmm. because we're not building with god we're not constantly stopping and asking god is this is this what you want (laughs) um that's so spend our lives building something that we think god wants without ever asking him Mm. do you want this is this Ah. are you in this with me um i think as we see in acts we need to be aware of the movement of the spirit in the world Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting you know you, you look at the disciples that are there in jerusalem at the very beginning of acts uh, Acts 1.8, it says, from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And if you track the book of Acts, it moves in that narrative yeah. arc. And so guess who gets left out of the story? The disciples who stayed in Jerusalem.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: They're mentioned every once in a while. They come back for like a council, like, hey, what? Uh, <laughs> What's We going on? eat food that has blood in it, <laughs> you know, like that type of thing. But for the most part, the story just picks up pretty rapidly with Paul, who's mm-hmm. out there going in the trajectory of where God is moving. And so I know I don't personally want to get just dropped out of the story and just be living in dry bones. Like, I want to be where the Jesus movement is moving forward. Mm, that's um, really good. And so part of it is studying church history is seeing where that where that can be. Um, And I, I would say, I think the last one is that we are entering very interesting times in human history, Um, like epic defining moments. Right now, when you think about all of the changes that are happening so rapidly, um, it's different than anything I've ever experienced in my life, and I'm only, you know, I'm in my Mm mid-30s. But there were like three things that my son has experienced so far that uh, I had never experienced, and my parents had never experienced, of a global pandemic Mm -hmm. of... Yeah. People walking into the Capitol building. These are things that like, this is what is going on. Right. Like this has not happened before. And, um, you know, a superpower invading another country. These are all things that haven't happened in, in our, in my history. Yeah. Um, and so a lot is going to change. And I think what's intriguing is I'm seeing that the next, I think 30, 50, a hundred years of the church in America, at least, um, is going to be defined by certain decisions we make right now. Mm-hmm. And there have been times in history when the world is in upheaval like ours is right now where Christians have responded in ways that gosh just push push the church back, I think, for mm-hmm. for many years like the the church kind of either had to go underground or Um, slowed a certain progress or a certain movement. Of course, God comes and brings life there over time. Um, But I think about even like John Wesley and the impact he had uh, in in England um, during his lifetime when England was almost going into a civil war. There was so much corruption and difficulty going on in their culture at that time. And John Wesley came in and just started discipling people and loving people and, the impact that that had on England in general mm-hmm. uh, shifted the entire country from a civil war into um, into a season of, of health and thriving. And so when I think about, um, when you think about your life, not just as your life right now, but as this little point in the canvas of church history, Mm-hmm. And it changes how you think about the efforts that you put in and what you mm-hmm. do with your life and what you're hoping to achieve, how you respond um, to the things around you. So
0: so what are some ways that people who may have listened to this podcast, they want to kind of get started learning more about church history? What are some good resources, good books, podcasts, websites, whatever it is, uh, some good things that people can start uh, dipping their toes into? Yeah.
2: Uh, I would say start by watching the Chosen mm. if you haven't mm. watched this yet. What what I like so much about it is they've done a lot of research into kind of the history and sociological settings of um, of Jesus' time, and you'll realize how important historical context is. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, for the story of Jesus, but I think that for me it just was a kind of a refresher again of how important that is um, and how helpful it is to understanding. Um, of Jesus and um, and his people. So that's where I'd start. Um, there's some great books. Justo Gonzalez has um, a two-part book, The Rise of Christianity, that's super... I, I think it's an engaging read. Um, I think it's really helpful. Yeah, I um, loved it. Great. And, you know, I think biographies are really great. Pick up a biography on some Christian great Christian leader, whether it's William Wilberforce or Dietrich Bonhoeffer or... Uh, John Wesley, or, you know, there's so many. Um, Teresa of Avila, um,
0: Mother Teresa, just, yeah, yeah two Teresas. Anyway. Yeah, that's true. It's a holy name. Yeah. Uh, there's also places that you could check out, like the Museum of the Bible. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's really cool. I went there a couple of years ago, and it was, it was, the, they do a really neat job of making things, uh, different elements of the church, church history, things about, different types of Bibles, all that different stuff, really engaging and exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you're ever out in the Washington DC area, you can check that out, um, or visit their online program stuff too. And then Linda, you were
2: mentioning a really great podcast.
1: Yeah, it's actually, it's just called a hundred plus and you can find it on all of your, um, you know, uh, podcast services, but this, the, um, host of the podcast, he's walking through. He started with the 100 most significant people events, but I think we're up to like 107. That's why it's 100 plus. That's the plus part. But he just speaks in a very um, engaging, easy to understand way. And he does a lot of like looking forward, looking back to kind of tie things together for those of us that maybe aren't history buffs and don't have all those pieces kind of nailed together in our heads. And I've just found it really helpful for me because like, I mean, I am one of those people that sort of knew vaguely from the Apostle Paul to Billy Graham, but then, you know, it's like I couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to have a conversation about any of it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now I'm beginning to get a grasp of that. So it's, it's just been really enjoyable for me. And they're, none of them are too long, maybe 30 minutes at the longest. So they're really just well done. Very well done.
0: Awesome. Well, friends, we hope that you uh, enjoyed this conversation about uh, the story of the church. You can hear Brandon and Linda on the Found podcast, which um, has two episodes out right now. When this episode drops, there might be a third one out. I don't don't remember my calendar off the top of my head, um, <laughs> but you can subscribe to, to that. It's a monthly podcast, so make sure to check that out. The bird, who knows? Maybe the bird will come back on a future episode of Doable. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah we had a great time with this one we hope that you did too so make sure to check out in the show notes we'll have links to some of the things that we talked about these resources that we talked about and uh, yeah we'll be back with you guys for another uh, another probably fun filled episode of Doable Discipleship (laughs) next Tuesday